0: This
1: is the Rich
0: Eisen show.
1: Brian Kelly's going to join us one hour from now. I am going to join our family. Big W for him. Man. That was instantaneous, right there. <laughs> what a big W for him. Can you ask
0: him about family.
2: Uh, I can. Yeah. If you'd like. All right, sure. Family Feud. Can you can do that. You really like guys. Quick just... question. We were just talking about the Manning cast. Yes. Do you think Jim Irsay maybe called? Oh, 18 man. first. Let me Before say, he,
1: Sean Payton was the last guest on the Manning cast last night. And by the way, uh, the Manning cast is the choice of Cooper Eisen in the household. He he he, he watches the Manning cast I had it on the entire all game the time. Yesterday, he yeah. loves it. I don't know. I think he just loves the goofiness yeah. of it. Because obviously, he never saw Payton or Eli play football. He doesn't remember any of that. He loves them. They got a great and dynamic. So they, it, he just loves the silliness. I think he likes the look of it. I don't know what it is, but he always puts it on. So whenever dad gets a mention there, it is the greatest oh. dad points maybe I could score. <laughs> you and so yesterday. Sean Payton started telling the story that he's told here on this show multiple times of how he was getting set to coach in the divisional playoff game in Seattle Saints at Seahawks. Our control room ran the wrong video, ran video from a Monday night performance between the two teams from about four, four six weeks before. And he was in his room, in his hotel room, watching NFL Network, thinking that he had missed a bus because seeing the two quarterbacks out there, he he needs to be at the stadium by that point in time. He freaked out. He called his assistant. And I guess the the Manning cast, Omaha uh, production producers saw him tell that story here. I don't know where else he's told that story. And the Mannings brought that story Uh up. And as soon as I heard that, I'm like, I told Cooper, like everybody just sit down because dad's about to get a mention here. And sure enough, he mentioned me because, you know, I was the one uh, You it
2: was coming before him.
1: No, oh. I, as soon as he started telling the story, gotcha. I knew that I was part of the story where he texts Marshall Falk in the middle of NFL game day morning saying, what are you guys doing to me? <laughs> and I then told the line of like, hey, no." Well, when Sean Payton finally showed up, my, like, hey, Sean Payton's at the game, everybody, he showed up. <laughs> at any rate, um, I bring all this stuff up to to mention that Sean Payton, when he came on and Eli Manning asked him about, you know, there's a new coaching job opening in in the NFL. You know, he set it up by saying, so I'll ask you this question. Where are you coaching next year, Sean Payton? Yeah. And his answer was, I knew this was going to come. And so he threw it in the lap saying, I, I wonder how many times has Jeremy Ursay already called you Payton? <laughs> and you've been telling him, no, Jim, I, I, I just I kind of like where I'm at right now. And he that was his preface of saying he kind of likes where he's at right now. He likes the TV thing on Fox. Mm hmm even though, you know, if somebody hits his price and yeah. has the ability <laughs> <ate> to... <laughs> and you know, if they hit his price and they hit the Saints' price because the Saints have his... Oh, yeah, yeah. Rights. His, his rights. Uh, his rights. Trade if you hit his mark and the Saints' mark and you've got the quarterback and the draft choices and everything else around you, well uh, I think he'll say yes. I think he'll tell his buddy Glaze and everyone on Fox, thanks for the memories. We'll see you down the road. Deuces. And, you know... To me, looking at the NFL calendar right now is we're right around the corner from uh, Thanksgiving, which is Bill Parcells always said that's when the season really began in the NFL is when Thanksgiving hit. That's when the games really rubber meets the road and the stakes get high. And, you know, um, and in the NFL these days, though, every week is so big. And I I don't think that axiom is right anymore. It's just it's huge now. And the trade deadline is too soon, even like they need to push it back a little longer to see if we can get more movement around teams. So Thanksgiving can be that much bigger for more teams. And you're seeing the pressures build up in weeks four through eight anyway. But the reason why I bring all this up is because there's one last big piece that's sitting out there in the NFL that can change a fortune right now. And that is Odell Beckham Jr. He's sitting out there. According to reports, he's going to be cleared medically to return this weekend. And just like last year, he said, I'm going to the Los Angeles Rams. And if he didn't blow out his knee in the Super Bowl, I think he was he was on track to be the MVP of that game. And he was so terrific. And. It changed the fortunes of the Rams in that game for for a good half. I mean, don't forget, it was that final drive of the Rams that did change the game and everybody's fortunes, to use that phrase again. So, who is Odell going to choose this time? Well, there's somebody who's raising his hand, saying, what about us? Others are doing it. They're doing it. But only one already has a bust in Canton, Ohio, and is the proprietor of a franchise known as America's Team. That's Jerry Jones.
0: Odell is someone that uh, uh, we have all the appreciation in the world for what he is as a competitor. Uh, and uh, uh, know that uh, uh, the Cowboy star on that uh, helmet, when he puts it on, uh, uh, could look pretty good.
1: And I. Uh, I will say this out of all the choices that Odell has about a month ago, Green Bay and Tampa Bay were part of that mix. Wouldn't you say? I think so. Not now. Not now. Even even the possibility of playing with Tom Brady, which is very enticing one would think. There's just, a, there's just too much else going on. And obviously I'm going to see the Bucks up close and personal this week. The run game, still, you need to work on that. The protection up front from Brady. The 44-second drive last Sunday, just a couple of days ago. We'll find out if that can resonate more. But there might be more sure bets for Odell. Obviously, the Bills are... I'm sure Von Miller's calling up, saying, Join us here. Join us here. Come hang out with him and... Gabe Davis that's enticing one would say the Chiefs are another one that's out there I don't know if they have the so-called space for him if the Kadarius Tony acquisition does anything I know that they cap spaces gets mentioned but I, I think they could get around it one would think but if you're Odell I mean there's there's a million options that are there and um is that the best fit you can win a championship you play with Mahomes that's got to be enticing too I don't know if Seattle's an option would Seattle be an option the 49ers would that be an option you want to join them too and that would put them over the top one would think is that a possibility I don't know but I I've got to tell you man I think the best spot for him in terms of Showing up, being the difference maker, getting on everybody's radar screens, cashing all whatever checks that might come from signing with this team and the attention that comes with it. I got to tell you, I think it's Dallas. Mm -hmm. I think it's Dallas. Because you're you're coming in to Lamb and Gallup and you would be the guy but not really have to be the guy, kind of like last year too. I don't know obviously, I think Cup is more accomplished than the other receivers that Dallas has. yeah, but I kind of dig that. the star on the side of the helmet, you're back in the NFC East you're 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 not joining a team that's at the very top of the division. you can then get in there and change it and be part of the Dallas Cowboys lore forever forever. Uh, I mean, that's got to be really enticing. Right. And then just one last thing, if I'm Odell, my two cents for you, sir. If I'm him, I do what he's doing now and what he did last year. Every year, the rest of his career. Skip the first half of the season.
0: Obviously, get hurt and have to rehab. No, the previous year, (laughs) the previous
1: year he got traded. Or he got cut. Pardon me, he got cut released and he's a free agent in the middle of the year this year it's because of getting hurt but just sign for the rest of the year you're a free agent and don't sign and just go just go recruiting visits every year yes everybody talks about how kirk cousins he gets he's he gets generationally paid because he went year to year to year and then he got his guaranteed contracts and and, you know, it's very difficult to do that, to pull that off, but he did. Why, wouldn't o- why would Odell Beckham, he could be the first guy <laughs> who plays half a season, does whatever he wants to do, if I'm not mistaken, is he it, it, doesn't he have a young kid too, right? He just had a baby. baby yeah. Yeah, yeah, go hang out with your baby. Dad time. Dad time. <laughs> and then it's time for dad to leave right around November every year play half a season, choose whichever team you can join and make a Super Bowl contender instantly. Who needs a free agent tour in March with the rest of everybody else when you don't have to? Choose in the middle of the season. What's to stop them? Is there a collective bargaining agreement rule for that? Mm -hmm. Which team will say, you know what? If you're not signing with us now, we're out. (laughs) Don't come back. Don't come back. Don't come back. The door's closed. Oh, really? Oh, really? If he tells every team in March, yeah, I'm not entertaining any offers now. I'm just going to take off tra- training camp. What? Go stay in some dorm room? <laughs> Bring my air conditioner? Our my uh, my, <laughs> my mini fridge? Is that what I should do? <laughs>
2: my air mattress. I should hard
1: knock it? with you?
2: That <laughs> does sound Speaking of terrible. which, coming
1: back really?
0: So.
2: Should I should I do that?
1: It. Oh, OTAs? Yeah, some yeah. mandatory trips to your facility in April and May and June? 100, 110 out with no AC? Yeah, no. no or or brother. do I just hang at home chill with my baby? Quality dad time. <laughs> watch September and October play out, work out on my own. And then show up in November and say, "Who wants me?" And then have half of the league raise their hands and half of that half has the best chance to win. You already know who has the best chance to win and you choose wherever you want to go. And now you're the mayor of multiple towns in your career. You've got multiple rings from different teams. Who cares? And and you go to the Hall of Fame and 15 fan bases show up saying you're our favorite ever. How? Who else can pull this off? Who else is in position to pull it off because circumstances have created this. Yeah. He chose the Rams. This year he's going to choose another one. What if he goes to the Super Bowl again? I wouldn't sign with that team for next March for a million, millions of dollars or for a million years. Just keep doing it.
2: Who's going to deny bad. him that? I mean, it sounds good
0: you're in theory. Me. It does sound <laughs> good.
2: It's,
1: it, it's no theory. It can actually happen. Are are there rules that you must sign as a free agent in March every year? No. I mean, I don't know. No. Oh, absolutely not. That's everyone else's free agent period. The Odell Beckham Jr. free agent period is is October and November from now on. Except that he's 30. So what? That's even even a better point. Why would you want to gas yourself out in the summer and March and April? Stay oh, so people, oh, yeah. So well, you're concerned also, he's going to let himself go? He only, really looks
2: like he's letting himself go. The only thing I would push back on that is, you know, you always want to build a, I mean, obviously he didn't need it last year, but you want to try to build a rapport with your quarterback, right? And that's kind of yeah. maybe hard to do if you come in mid-season. That's, true. that's maybe, true. I'm just throwing that out there. I mean, there it's
1: though. not, I'm not saying every single box of optimum <laughs> is checked. I like where your head's. If at. I'm him, this is the way I'm doing it from now on.
2: Well, unless Rich. Unless I just say, you know, he happens to head to a team Yeah, Dallas. And, and they have so much yeah, got And then it. he doesn't want to leave because knowing that if you play with that star on your helmet it gets you award, affords you opportunities that you might not have. Or you
1: get to hang with your baby. You don't go to training camp. You don't go to OTAs, you don't go to any of that. And then you decide every year you've got the best chance to win it all. In a sport that hasn't seen repeat back-to-back champions in two decades. Longest stretch we've ever had. So the odds are you could just pull a Ken Norton, a Dion, go from one to the other, and go back-to-back yourself. You're welcome, Odell. Let's take a break. Zach Kiefer of The Athletic. What in the world is happening on his beat? It was after Matt Ryan gets benched, Sam Ellinger's in, and we're like, let's give. Let's get him on. He's not been on before, but we we appreciate his work from afar. He knows the Colts. Covered him for the Indianapolis Star. Now for the Athletic. Let's get him on. And he gave us information, and it was fascinating. And I thought to myself, be honest. We hung up. I'm like, well, we'll have him on later in the season if the Colts start doing things, right, and start winning games.
0: Well, they did things. Well,
1: they did things. (laughs) Didn't expect to have Zach Kiefer on the Mercedes-Benz van's phone line back so quickly, but here we are, Zach. Here we are. How are you, sir?
0: Well, to be completely honest, I'm exhausted.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Hmm. Does that mean you turned down the job to coach the team? Is that what you're talking about? You just went through that exhaustive process?
0: Yourself? I was listening to your conversation a minute ago and you were knocking Jeff Saturday's qualifications. What you didn't mention was that he was 20 and 16 as a high school coach. That's four games above 500. And I believe he led the school to their first playoff win. So let's not just omit the facts here.
1: Well, I mean, I I have to push back with your characterization of me knocking it. Uh, I was just (laughs) actually delivering the fact that he has experience at the high school level which is not something I need to point out as a fact ever when I'm talking about the hiring of an NFL head coach. So let's jump right into it. How did this come about? Zach, best on your knowledge?
0: This has got Jim Merce written all over it. I mean, like you said, Rich, and I was kidding, by the way, like you said, this is, this is unprecedented territory. This hasn't happened where you've hired an interim coach at this level that hasn't coached in college and hasn't coached in the NFL in six decades. That's how long this has been. And this has gotten Jim Mercer written all over it, because this is the third straight move that he has ordered from the top. And you go back to the first one, it was Carson Wentz last year. They're getting him out no matter what. The second one we talked about a couple weeks ago on your show, and that was to bench Matt Ryan against, I think, my opinion, against Frank Reich's wishes, who was the coach at that time, and against the wishes of the team, like, they always talk about the locker room. Chris Ballard, the GM, always says the locker room knows. Well, the locker room knew that you were benching Matt Ryan, and, and I'm not omitting his struggles. He turned the ball over, he fumbled, but they're a better team and they're a better offense with Matt Ryan versus Sam Ellinger. And then to finish my point, the third move is, is not just to fire Frank Reich, it's to go hire a coach who, and I think both things are true, Jeff Saturday is an awesome guy. He's an awesome dude. He is a heck of a football player. He's also very unqualified for this position, and that's the third gamble that Jim Irsay is making. And it just feels like this team is falling further and further into disarray and dysfunction.
1: So, why does, does anybody know why Ursay turned to Jeff Saturday? Uh, I, what, I, I, why do we? Is there any reporting because at all on he, this here?
0: Because he likes him. Like, that's the only tangible answer we got in a very wild 35-minute press conference last night. And just to paint a picture for those who didn't watch, like, I got a text from someone who used to work in the building as a coach who called it embarrassing. I mean, we had we had a mention of a rocket ship going to Mars. We had a mention of Michael Jordan and the missed shots he made in his career. We had a CIA CIA mention. And we had Al Davis quotes. I mean, it was just a winding circuitous, random press conference that really didn't give us an answer to your question, why Jeff Saturday. They loved him as a player. They love him as a man. But, Rich, this guy literally flew in yesterday to Indianapolis and had to meet his coaching staff because there's guys on his coaching staff he's never met. They play a game in five days, and he doesn't know who's calling the plays for it.
1: I I, Honestly, I don't even know what the follow-up question is to this, Zach. I've never heard of anything like it, and it puts you know, everybody in such a position, including Saturday, I, all, all I'm hearing from folks is uh, around the league is um, how um, unfair it is that Saturday gets to skip the line. And that's no reason for his Jeff to not accept it. I mean, he can't sit there and go, well, so many other people are deserving. I, I will not accept your opportunity to become an NFL head coach of the team that I love. Um, so, I don't, I don't uh, begrudge him from saying yes, but I still don't understand why, you know, uh, uh, other than Ursay was railing against uh, coaching scared and relying on analytics and here's somebody who's not scared. I, is that really all it is? There's nothing else to it? Really? Gut and feel?
0: that With Jim Ursay it's hard to find tangible explanations for things, right? I mean, why did they move on from Carson Wentz? They, they didn't like him. Um, Well, that's, and
1: and and to be honest with you, Zach, I mean, that one, I was, I had a front row seat at the combine for that. That's everybody was just talking about, you know, that was the worst kept secret when, when Ballard and Frank Reich was coming to the booth talking, talking about Wentz, you know, in a way that he was still present and, and, and they couldn't wait to get rid of him. And that was kind of understandable based on what we saw in Philadelphia and the way that the season ended. Um, And, and the Ryan acquisition was also understandable. Uh, I got that. This one, though, is is um, uh, is totally beyond understanding. I don't get it. it
0: it's, it's beyond bizarre. You're right because of because of the options they had, and I'm not saying these are great options. But you've got two former head coaches on staff. John Fox has coached three NFL teams, two of them to a Super Bowl. Gus Bradley's been a head coach in the NFL. Scotty Montgomery has been a college head coach, and Scott Milanovich has been a Uh, he's been a CFL head coach for two teams. And then you've also got Bubba Ventrone, who's a special teams coordinator, who's starting to get a little interest from a head coaching perspective. So if you're going to go back to that, if you're going to even just go back and and try and grab the glory days, which they constantly try to do, Reggie Wayne is on staff as the receivers coach. So this took everybody by surprise. Some of the, you know, just the responses I got from people inside and outside the building yesterday were, you know, what are they doing? Is this for real? This feels like a circus. And and, and just, just Saturday is a great football guy. I mm-hmm. get that. But there's a huge, huge, huge step from being a great center in the NFL and even a high school coach to being an NFL head coach in six days. This is absolutely Unprecedented.
1: Zach Kiefer of The Athletic covering the Colts here on the Rich Eisen Show. It is currently uh, 1 30 p.m. Eastern Time on the day after this all went down. It's a Tuesday. There's a game on Sunday in Las Vegas. Who's calling the plays in that game? Best you can tell as we are talking at this very second.
0: Peyton Manning, Pat McAfee. You, you got any time Sunday? Who knows? Um. <laughs> To be completely serious, it's probably Scott Milanovich, but this is how bizarre this is. I mean, just Saturday was interviewing members of his own coaching staff last night to find out who would be calling the play. I mean, that's where they're at. And this is let me remind you, the worst offense in football, the worst offensive line in football. They didn't you know, they had the worst day in twenty five years, Sunday in Foxborough. They had an 0 for 14 day on third down and they had 120 yards, their worst since nineteen ninety seven the year before Peyton Manning arrived. So all those things can be true about Jeff Saturday being a great guy, and I bet he gives them some punch, some energy that they need. But they also, you know, they're having this guy walk into a buzzsaw of a team that needs help on offense, and I don't even know what the offensive scheme looks like right now because, frankly, they're running out of people to fire on that side of the ball.
1: Wow. Uh, And so um, in your article about last night's, press conference, and you're going through what's happened in the last several weeks with the Indianapolis Colts, Zach Kiefer, you called the Ryan Benching quote-unquote universally unpopular in the locker room. So that was who ordered the code red? That was Jim Ursay who ordered the code red on Matt Ryan?
0: Yeah, that was his move. Okay. And whether the players say it publicly or not, they were not in favor of that.
1: So if that's the case, then seeing Sam Ellinger on the field against Belichick's defense and just, you know, and I know Ursay spoke last night about uh, history in, in this century and football and how the Colts are the fourth winning his franchise. If you want to talk history since um, 2000, Belichick eats quarterbacks like Ellinger, <laughs> like, like a feral prey, right? Like we, 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 we see, We see animal documentaries that that, uh, would be the proper analogy of what Belichick does to quarterbacks like that. So why is Frank Reich the fall guy for that after a game like Sunday? Can you help connect those dots for me?
0: Yeah, that's what I don't like. That's what I have a little bit of hard time understanding because if the rug was pulled out from under you as a head coach in terms of you don't even get to pick the quarterback. Now, we're not talking just one quarterback here. I would, I would play Nick Foles before I play Sam Ellinger, but they're not doing that either. As a directive from the owner, they want to play the kid, Sam Ellinger, and see what he's got. And you pull the rug out from Frank Reich two games in. Now, Frank Reich, he's guilty here too. The offense is terrible. It's his offense. Um, you know, he wasn't getting it done. That's absolutely part of the story. But it, it just feels like this is an impossible situation for anybody to walk into and have success because – everything goes back to the offensive line falling apart. But if you're telling the coach who to play and who not to play, and then you're firing him for losing with the guy you want him to play, this is meddling. And and this is what Jim Ursay has fought for 25 years as an owner. He didn't want to be his father. For those who remember, Bob Ursay was insane. He would run down on the field at halftime and tell the coach to bench the quarterback. And he would fire the coach and forget about it an hour later. And I could go on and on, but Jim Ursay has been very – deliberate he wasn't going to be that owner but in the last 12 months he stepped into to these decisions and he's made his voice heard and frank reich is out marcus brady is out and chris ballard was sitting there last night sort of like you know we had some passionate discussions i certainly don't believe this was chris ballard's choice to go to an unproven coach to try and save a season that's going nowhere. Of
1: course, since he knows for sure there's nobody on the staff that's called a single NFL offensive play before, nobody, and you're making this move in the middle of a of a of a of a week. You're you're I mean that that building must be sleepwalking right now, not wondering not knowing what's going on, what the schedule is, how things are going to change, who's calling plays, what's going on at all. And you've got to play a game against Las Vegas and of all people, the guy who turned down the job, right. you know, I mean, you want to talk about football gods winking at you. Um, so of course, Chris Ballard wouldn't make a, a decision like this. And that's why I'm still wondering why Ursay did, you know, like did he sit there and think that, that Reich was coaching scared and going to analytics too much in new England and that the kid wasn't being supported because he was purposely trying to tank because he was against Ryan being benched. I mean, is that like, that's the only sort of stuff I would, as you're speculating, because again, I, you know, um, as you know, um, a conspiracy theory always um, fills the vacuum. So I, I can't, I, I have no idea. I'm really grasping.
0: Talking. Yeah, to, And, and you know. so of people within the building, you know, people that go to this Colts practice facility every day to work. And some of them are livid, some of them are embarrassed, and some of them are just completely in disbelief. And, you know, one of the most poignant moments last night during this 35-minute bizarro press conference was was I asked just Saturday, like, what in the world are you doing here, for lack of a better phrase. And and he said, look, man, like I got a call Sunday night, and I was shocked was an understatement. Saturday's response when Jim Mercer brought this up to him was, Honestly, can you tell me why you're calling me for this job right now? I mean, right? Like, with we'll all due respect to Jeff Saturday. Great player. This is, this is not how this happens in the NFL. And, and, hey, extra credit for thinking outside the box, but this is going to be a long couple of months in Indianapolis.
1: So uh, let's just try and – what's the silver lining? Look, look, look for it for me and for Colts fans who might be hearing this slapping their heads with their, their open palm is there one Do you got one here
0: you know they have the worst offensive line in football maybe he fixes it you know what's happened to Quentin Nelson what's happened to Ryan Kelly what's happened to Braden Smith they, they allowed nine sacks on Sunday nine that's that's just horrendous and they had I think two net yards in the first quarter I mean maybe he gives them some juice maybe he fixes the offensive line and maybe he stays on you know they tried to hire him before as an offensive line coach it didn't happen but I think this is a test run for Jeff Saturday as well. I think he wants to find out if he wants to be a full-time coach, if he Mm -hmm. wants to be a head coach or a position coach or something. This is a heck of a way to do it, right? Just get thrown in the fire on November 8th and have a game in in Las Vegas in five days.
1: And uh, what about Jonathan Taylor? What can you tell me, Zach, about him and his health?
0: (laughs) Yeah. You know, do we see him again this season? Really? I, I don't know. Come on, um, really? Do
1: they just put him away? That's the problem, too, is that, uh, you know, the the three wins that they have already are, are, are too many. How about that? Frank Reich yeah. won too many right. times at this point in time. Yeah,
0: Matt if, Ryan won too many fourth quarter comebacks for them. They're not in the top five right now, and I think that's the only silver lining at the end of this season. The, the end of this disaster that has been this season is they need to find a way. They need to find a way into the top five or six or seven of the draft, and they need to find a new quarterback. That could be the only payoff from this crazy couple of months that we've had in Indianapolis. I mean, are they really going to – like? I, I, it's hard to see the Colts competing in so many of these games down the stretch because of their offense and because so many holes they have to fill right now. And, and this, this is a mess of their own making. That's really how I would sum it up.
1: Zach, appreciate your, uh, your time again. Let's chat again soon. Just check back in on how it's all working. Thank you, sir. That was fun. Thanks, Rich. Right back at you. At Z Kiefer. I follow him. You follow him as well. Let me just say one last thing.
0: <laughs> Please do.
1: Okay. Because Jeff Saturday doesn't deserve to be looked at through the prism of not belonging and in over his head and the face of franchise dysfunction. He doesn't deserve that, but he's in that position, okay? That's where he's at, and him being put in a spot where he's got to interview his coaches to see who's best to call plays in a game that's taking place in five days as the rest of the building is wondering what has just happened. The NFL, more than any other sport, I believe, depends on the routine. More routinized than any other sport. Okay? And this routine has been disrupted in a way that in 20 years I've never seen, and I've seen Bobby Petrino ditch the Falcons, and I saw whatever the hell happened with Urban Meyer last year, okay? But the Falcons didn't replace Petrino with what? Steve Bartkowski, and the Falcons didn't replace (laughs) Urban Meyer with Mark Brunel. Okay, Or Tony Baselli, And I've never seen anything like this. And I've seen a lot. So I say that to set this up. Because you know what I've been saying for months. And you know what I said yesterday about this team. And I was... Out. I out, gotta turn out, my out. back on him.
2: <laughs> out.
1: But the autumn wind of the football gods have somehow decided to place this most dysfunctional situation I've seen in 20 years right in their building. And if the Raiders don't win this one.
2: Now I gotta turn my back.
1: It's right there. You want to talk about the mother of all get-right games. This defense has taken on a kid in his third career start in an interim head coach who just was coaching high school, and they've never had an offensive play called by whoever is calling the offensive plays on Sunday before in the NFL. This is it. Don't do it. And scene.
0: Don't do it. I care about you.
1: Come on, Raiders. Yeah, sure. Why not? It's it's right there. Boy, the mother of all get right games in Las Vegas. And I'll tell you what, man.
0: You could see. I'll tell you what, man. I'll tell you what, man. man. (laughs) Grab
1: the Raiders on your waiver wire for defense any any human that wears silver and black. Because no matter how much I adore Jeff Saturday and how I adore <laughs> John Fox and Gus Bradley and those guys, this team is going to be spinning their heads around. The schedule's off. Everything's off. For them to be able to pull it together and win that, it would be the greatest win in the history of the NFL. <laughs> it would be the greatest win in the history of the NFL if the Indianapolis Colts Under these circumstances, go and beat another team. I just said it. And I will be, I don't know, maybe I got to stay up because I'm going to be, it's going to be like three, kickoff of three in the morning Germany time.
0: Rich, you know the Raiders have blown three 17 point leads.
1: This is it. This is it. I'm I'm on fire. (laughs) Thank you. 844 204, Rich. Number to dial. We'll turn to the, uh, munich game my plans guten tag more of your phone calls 844-204-rich brian kelly in our number three of lsu football and my power rankings in hour three let's talk game time boy do we love using game time tickets Matt in Santa Cruz, California. What's up, Matt? Uh, good morning, Rich. Thanks for uh, taking my call, checking you out on SiriusXM 992. Not a boy. What's, what's going on? Uh, so, Colts need an offensive, offensive coordinator who's going to call the plays. Your last guest, Zach, just suggested Scott Malinovich.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: All right, you got Reggie Wayne on the coaching staff, receivers yep. coach.
2: And you got Matt Ryan, a 13-year <laughs> veteran.
0: I like
1: this
2: idea. How about Matt Ryan? Yes, and Reggie Wayne calling the plays on the field with Milanovic
0: up in the booth.
1: I yes, it's, it's just like the end of varsity. I blues. know, but it's not I'm a it's this. not a preseason game. It's not the Pro Bowl. You know, Matt what I mean? knows how to call plays. It does, he knows offense better than anyone on the staff. <laughs> <laughs> He's the most tenured guy on the on the team on the offense. Look at you thinking outside the box, Matt. Okay, well done. Okay, thanks for the call. Thanks for the call. However. Great idea. Not going to happen. You know why? Because the man who's sitting in this chair for the next three days just came up with a nice little scoop. Oh, Tom Postarro' is hosting the show Wednesday, Thursday, Friday. What a perfect guy to have in this chair for the next three days, right? Tom Pelsaro says that Jeff Saturday has chosen his play caller. You can put it up on the screen. Do you have it? There it is. Park. Colts interim coach Jeff Saturday expected to have 30-year-old pass game specialist assistant quarterbacks coach Parks Frazier. There he is on the screen. Yo, I legit thought that was Eric Zerndorfer, our former researcher. Serve <laughs> as the offensive ah, player. Well, he actually, you, you know, uh, serve, he, he serve, he's he's going to be the play call. Oh. Um, you know what? He, he, he's he got... What? What? It, it, it looks like he's wearing a uh, a Killam Killum suit. Don't you think? <laughs> yes. yes. If Zurnderberg and Terrence Killum the baby, you. that's it. <laughs> the pylon's it be gonna be lit. Parks gonna be lit. Pylon's gonna be lit on Amazon. Oh Send gosh. that home. Send that home to Sarah. Um, but I'll tell you what though. Here, here. Let me just let me just tell you. Uh, I have Googled Parks Frazier, and in terms of um, no, Rec- no, a second. In terms of the conversation being had about Jeff Saturday, is that he didn't earn it, he didn't pay his dues and whatever. The play caller, and again, you'll hear 30-year-old, I'm, I'm done with the whole age thing. Really? Yeah, of course. I mean, I think McVeigh and everyone else who's the youngins, I, I, I'm, I'm, I'm done with that. You're too young to, to, to be able to do it. Mike McDaniel, all of you, you know what I mean? In 30s, uh, obviously young. But um, – Frazier was a co- working on the, the staff at Samford at age 23 for little to no money and was living out of his car. Okay? And he was essentially homeless, living out of his car because he wanted to coach so bad. Wow. He wound up taking another job after six months of Samford at Middle Tennessee and then got a GA gig at Arkansas State. And while he was... Um, at, let me get get this right, while he was at Samford, he was working closely with Drew Peterson, who was a quarterback there, and the son of Doug Peterson. Peterson? Okay, who saw, let me, hold on a minute, let me get this right here, Um, who saw um, at the pro, A guy named Spencer Phillips, who was a friend living in Los Angeles, volunteering with a high school team to quit his job, move across the country, and work for free with Parks Frazier, saw this guy, Phillips, at the Senior Bowl, was impressed and interviewed him for a position, and eventually hired Phillips as assistant to the head coach. Doug Peterson did that. When Josh McDaniels backed out of the Colts job and Frank Reich got it, Phillips recommended Frazier to Reich who then hired Frazier to be his assistant to the head coach. And he was a GA and, and sort of do, a jack-of-all-trades. He typed out the play sheet for Luck's wristband. He fed information to Reich and the offensive coordinator at the time named Nick Sirianni. And then he relayed the requests to the Colts' equipment staff. That's what he did. I mean, he's done it all, man. Frank Reich told the Indianapolis star of Parks... Frazier at one point quote he's the first person I go to no matter what it's about I just think that much of him he's the guy that if he ever makes a mistake he rarely does he's never going to make it again he's got a really good football mind his work ethic his attention to detail his knowledge of defenses he's got it end quote Okay. so before you know everyone's going to crap on it the question is though is so Parks Frazier to Sam Ellinger from Jeff Saturday, how do you get that up to speed for an actual NFL
2: game in five days?
0: Well, today's supposed to be an off day, but it ain't. Get going right now.
2: You know who All else was twenty three? You know who else was twenty three working for little to no money? Probably everyone in this room. Yeah, no, Maybe. sure. So. No, no,
1: I only know. I bring that up. I bring that up because you know people are going to make it seem because of Jim Ursay shooting from the hip like this, like Parks Frazier stayed at a Holiday Inn Express last night. <laughs> <laughs> you know, and, and or like won a raffle or something, right? You like, won a raffle, <laughs> like you, you, you know, you get a gig, like Oprah. Find underneath your seat a, a playbook. you oh, you're, 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 you're now the offensive coordinator, and you know we're talk about who's paid dues and who hasn't paid dues. But I mean, talk about an opportunity of a lifetime. Wow. He is calling plays for the Indianapolis Colts in an NFL game, and the other play caller. I'm assuming, is Josh McDaniels. Okay, good luck. <laughs> know the defense. That's Max Crosby. That's Chandler Jones, et cetera, and so on and so forth. And you got to get that up to speed now. And I, again, I just don't know how the rest of the staff feels about this. The rest of the team is just has to be wondering what in the hell's going on. Are they taking this game off the board in Vegas? No, it's actually currently up. Uh, Raiders are six and a half point favorites.
0: Seems
2: low.
1: You know, it just shows you how bit. many times that the Raiders have just blown the leads.
2: A little bit. You Seems know?
1: Low. Wow. This just gets crazier <laughs> and crazier <laughs> and crazier. I've run out of words to express yeah. how unprecedentedly bizarre, wild, weird. <laughs> Some weird, wild stuff. Am I reading this right? Uh, all, <laughs> I mean, go, Mikey. honestly, Tyreek Hill is just said it right. That was about Bradley Chubb. <laughs> Insane crazy, crazy thing. The hell going on <laughs> is right. The hell going on. Rich, next what
0: thing The hell's going on out here? Next thing you're
1: going to tell me is that somebody won
0: powerball in Pasadena. Yep.
1: Somebody did, didn't they? They did. They did.
2: Yep.
0: Man. I was up
1: there yesterday. Pasadena. Joe's
0: <laughs> Service Garage or something? Is that right what it was? <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: Somebody goes into Joe's Service Garage in Pasadena and walks out and by the Rose Bowl now. I Brian suppose. Kelly coming up next from LSU.